Excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we realize that you have a choice among scale notes, and we appreciate you flying with the You'll Hear It podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm Adam Mattis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you are still listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Oh, a, a daily jazz advice coming at you. What do you mean still? Well, we have a lot of return listeners. We have a lot of new oh, folks, but right. I just want to say a quick thanks to everybody who listens in. And, that's right. And sends us emails and sends us messages. Uh, we love you all, and we couldn't do this without you. You know what? And I want to just say thanks to even all the people that haven't um, rated or reviewed or sent anything in. That's all good, too. Even those folks? Yeah, man. You know what it is? <laughs> they're, they're taking a little time, a little 10 to 12 minutes out of their day to be with us and and um that's that's beautiful so today we're talking about scale note choices we have a speak pipe a voice message from mirko milko he's italian let's hear it hi guys i'm mirko from italy um first of all thank you for for what you're doing i love the podcast and i lost count of how many stars i should give you but let's say seven because it sounds good um i was wondering if you could make an episode about the scale modes and their applications like uh, do you think of them about um, I want this kind of vibe so I'm gonna use this mode or do you let the chord changes guide you to which mode you have to use or um, I don't know if you could just talk a bit about it thanks hmm. nice yeah it's a good question yeah it's a great question and I think um, well so I, I think there, there's, there's two parts that he's saying. You know, do we do we use the chord changes to guide to which scale to choose, and then to make choices within that scale? I think is part of it. Yep. Or do we go straight to what the scale is? And I would say both at different times. You know, depending upon the situation. Um, I, I think that when you're learning, and depending on like where you are in your development, it's very important to to kind of break it down by chord, mm-hmm. and then later on it gets a little more advanced when you're looking at maybe whole progressions and possibly even taking one scale or a couple scales and floating them above that, yep. uh, which is a great thing. But we're working all that in together, and, and and for you know a lot of times it comes down to a stylistic thing, and whether you know how quickly the chord changes are moving. I mean, if you're going like one, two, one, two, three, four, ding, 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 ding. Doing ding, and each one of those is two beats for a different chord. I'm just all diatonic, baby. Yeah, man. You're, you're, you're not thinking about, I mean, you shouldn't be, because you, yeah. if you're thinking about a different scale for each one of those, even if you can keep up with that, you're not going to be making choices. No. They, they're going to be making choices on you. They're going to be making choices on you, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, having said, I don't know, does that, is that kind of the way yeah. you see it? No, or? this is a process. I think that's the important part. And if you don't know what scales go over what chords or what your options are for scales over what chords, yeah. you have to learn that first as much as possible so that yeah. you have the language, you know, because um, at, at a certain point, once you sort of get to a higher level, you're not thinking about that at all. Right. You're literally just thinking about the sound, the shape, the, the, the themes that you're working with. And you have all these options available to you for each chord. And you're not really even thinking about the chord because you know that sound, that shape. You're, yeah. you're literally just dealing with sounds at a certain point. Right. But you can't get those sounds unless you really do the work, practice running the scales over the chords. Right. And, and understanding the differences between them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think that certain scales, um, there's, a, there's the harmonic component to them, you know, that, that harmonic... Um, vibe that they um, that they reflect when you play them in certain ways that is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about not just running up 
and downscales and we don't yeah. it doesn't mean we don't sometimes i mean i know that i will say over like a a five chord that's extended maybe for a measure a couple measures that's like a big alteration and say I'm, I'm using the altered scale over that i may only play over that and do kind of scale fragments maybe some shapes and things or whatever but it, it almost becomes the choices of how to do that become based upon how i want that tension to come out which is really a harmonic thing but i'm yeah. using you know melodic improvisation you know within that framework so yeah i'm not necessarily thinking c alter scale but i am thinking of, of zones and and shapes and things that fit into that yeah and yeah. that's a powerful thing i almost think sometimes especially in more traditional styles and i don't mean like totally like beginnings of jazz ragtime traditional i just mean more like say you're playing a solo piano ballad of a standard that when you get to certain chords you almost have to do certain scales. Not necessarily one scale, you have choices, and I know we're talking about scale, note choices within scales, so you have several scales sometimes, but sometimes, depending on what you play before, you only have one really you choice set, of scale. You set yourself up. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a genius. I mean, if you're like Herbie Hancock, and you can come up with some other scale for another like non-chord Inventing song. scales on the fly. Yeah, to like, yeah. yeah, and I yeah. mean, we all do that and try yeah. to do that, of course, but I yeah. mean, how it sounds is important, and normally that's gonna bring more tension in, and if so, if you're doing that at the right time then that becomes a good choice but yeah. you're still within a scale area and then you're making choices based on i think more melodic um concepts as opposed to just technical scale yeah i guess the answer to to Mirkos's question is yes like you are making choices about the modes but you're not thinking about it like that is what we're saying you know yeah. you're, you're thinking about it in terms of a broader concept yeah now when you practice this and you're a beginner you're an intermediate player you need to practice this thinking about the modes over the chords right um, no one gets out of here without knowing a little bit of what notes sound good over what chords that's exactly. just that's what we do you know and that becomes a big part of the note choice I think right so you you know you have the choices of the whole scale but not all those are the right choice not all those and, and not at that, time. at that time I mean any one of them at some time there's no like bad note for any situation right but but, but that's how did how did miles davis always pick the most magical note for every situation you know what right. i mean like he understood that he and understood. look the bottom line is especially when you get into so-called modal playing and when when there's a lot of space involved you, you know you're basically looking at the advanced level at the chromatic scale as being your choice at all times because you can you can figure out yeah how to make that work yeah you know and and yeah. Yeah, but you can't also just always play like that or it's going to sound like you don't know how to play over changes, you know. Right, right, right. And I think that those choices, you know, to your point about when you're practicing that you're you're, you're being a lot more conscious and it, that's our opportunity to learn about which notes sound good in different situations within the scale. So yeah, you're running up and down the scale, but you're also practicing them in thirds, broken thirds, broken fifths. So you're starting to set up patterns of usage of these scales, but actual real life situations. So not all that's gonna sound good, right. but that's okay. You're kind of cataloging that. And that's as much as the technical thing as getting it in your ears, kind of what works. So when you get that situation, you'll be like, bam, I know how to make the right choice. And it is situational. You know, you could play a diminished scale over a major chord if you wanted to. Yep. But you shouldn't probably do that on the very first measure of your solo. That's no. a that's a that's a, a tension building or a tension releasing right. point of of your solo. That can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. It's but your it, solo. You can't say it's a wrong choice, but, but it, it might not be a wise choice. I don't. <laughs> I might not want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, there's you know you you like you said with the chromatic scale, you have all these choices really at, at a certain point available to you. But the master knows how to how to put them in to be the most uh, emotionally effective, right. to be the most uh, musical in terms of of really 
getting getting the the what you're trying to convey to your audience out at the right time. Yep. Yeah. 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 So. And then you know I think it's too is important to think about. Don't ever think about scales um, when you have different choices of scales to use over a particular chord. Let's say, you know, a major, just a C major. You know, obviously you have the major scale, and then you have the leading scales, probably mm -hmm. sort of the next level that you would go one note different, just that sharp fourth. So, you know, you learn both of those, but learn how that, how that changes from major to, to leading, because a lot of times we like to use those in setting up our melodic, you know, improvisation going back and forth. Yep. So you want to learn the difference and, and to do it in a progression is good because then you're only changing one note at a time. You can't necessarily go from C major to diminished. I mean, you can, yep. but that's a lot more advanced to be able to hear what that difference. You need to eventually hear that too, but start with the, you know, dominant scale to right. a major scale. There's one note different. Like, how does that sound different? How can you play around with that different? Because after you get pretty good at say your choices over just a C major scale, you kind of like, oh, I kind of like some more choices. So as much as you can talk about passing tones and minor third or dominant seventh or whatever, it does become a thing of shifting to other scales and then shifting back. That's right. Yeah. And also what in that similar vein, what matters is context too. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things you can't just drop in no. on their own. You have to, you have to set them up as we were talking about, or they're setting something else up. Yep. And that's when you really start thinking about colors and shapes and sounds as opposed to just like plug in you know dorian scale here you know okay you got if you're not on youtube you can't see adam's using his robot hands so let's talk about some actual ways that you can maybe work on this on getting these modes into your head and getting these modes in your fingers one thing that i always go back to and i actually read this really cool post by um ethan iverson friend of the show yeah <laughs> who's talking about you know um uh Tunes that with like a lot of changes that that go all over the place are yep. actually easier than say like a rhythm changes, right? Which stays a little more diatonic, yep. And things happen kind of fast, yep. And there's not as much contrast between the changes. I got to read that article. It's, I totally agree with it. It's very. Yeah. I agree. I, I. It was like, oh yeah, that's totally. Yeah, it makes so, sense. So I always kind of go back to rhythm changes in my practice if I want to practice running modes or whatever because yep. we do have these options over the major chords, over the dominant chords. You know, you have all those um, secondary dominants in the bridge. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a ton of, a ton of choices. Yep. And I would say practice rhythm changes slowly. Start in B-flat, but go to all 12 keys and really try to vary the modes. Figure out what modes sound good next to each other. Figure out what scales you don't know and yep. then work on those, That's in, those important. in those keys. Because so when you get in the moment, the ones you don't know, you're just not going to play. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you can't play an That's F, not a choice. An F sharp, a uh, uh, dominant scale, you know, reliably, you got to, can Peter do it? Okay. Peter Martin can do that, obviously. Bam. But if you can't, that's now, you know, and yep. that's something to work on for the exactly. next few weeks. So. And that's when you get into that really good, you know, meat and potatoes kind of, or, you know, tofu and, and collard greens <laughs> um, kind of area of like concrete things to practice. Everyone's always asking us like, what should I practice? I feel you know, lost in these different things. It's like keep a catalog of just those basics, yep. you know, and and then when you're feeling a little lost or don't know, go, go you know, you've got some concrete things you can knock out. Totally. That's yep. totally true. But my advice is, is um, start with rhythm changes for running scales. You know, if you try rhythm changes in A flat, you're going to be wide open Hello. of like, oh, there's a lot I can't do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Uh, the, I remember the first time I tried that, it was, it was tough. So yeah. Uh, Got anything else for that? No, I was just going to say thank you for the question. And um, you can everybody can go to you'll hear it .com, Definitely. You know, 
and you can leave a question. Um, you can leave a comment. What if they wanted to express their love of you'll hear it in a physical way on their person at some some point? That'd be a tattoo. And we don't oh, we offer you'll hear a tattoo. <laughs> no, now? we don't. You, you're on your own, and we need <laughs> approval of our logo. Copyright 2018. Like the New what are you York talking Tons. about? A physical? Oh, a T-shirt. A T-shirt, man. That's I right. Trying I, to set I finally you up. have one. Did I tell you? You got a you'll hear a T-shirt. I got two. Ooh, did Somebody you get the gifted me. I did not get the cassette. Uh-huh. I got the. Um, because I'm still not convinced that's a thing, but we'll see. No, I got the traditional Ooh, logo, and I got a long sleeve because we're coming up to fall. I got to get a long sleeve. Yeah. Maybe if someone wants to give me an extra large. Maybe so. Long sleeve, I would be. Yeah. Although I'm actually, this evening, I'm going to the Southern Hemisphere, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to bring my, but maybe it's not winter there anymore. It must be. It's kind of spring. It's spring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Brazil, Ooh. so I don't need my. Um, it's spring in Brazil, you know. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, no, no. They do that at the same time we do. Yeah. Carnival is, yeah, yeah. The spring. Here. Oh, what? They don't, they, they're not drumming even in the <laughs> Oh, no, they're getting ready. <laughs> they're getting ready, believe me. They're just not going buck wild yet. <laughs> Got it. Cool. cool. Well, uh, until tomorrow. You'll hear it.